Do you believe the meaning of marriage has changed over the years? Let's jump into it. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the No Negations Podcast. Daryl D is here. DS Ninja Senior. Kayla Stewart. <laughs> and special guest. Our special guest is Pastor Rodney Maiden from the Providence Baptist Church in Cleveland, Ohio. He's the senior pastor. He's from Youngstown. He's our pastor. And he's been serving for over 40 years. And um, he's one of the hosts on WCRS, Paul for Prayer. And his edifying word ministry can be listened to on Saturdays. Welcome, Pastor. Welcome. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> I'm so excited about this conversation just because we're getting married and you're <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> getting married. DNA is getting married. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We're getting married in like a, a month and a half and that's super exciting and you're going to be there with us and I'm really excited for that. Um, but also not only for us, but for everybody right now, I feel like, um, Everybody was so close together and people that have been long-term marriages and everything like that. At this point, there's no escaping each other <laughs> with COVID. Um, so there's a lot of advice that is needed, not just for newlyweds, but also people that have been married for a long time. So I'm excited to talk about that with you. Yeah, I'm honored to share with you. Been married, I've been married 43 years. Oh, I don't know man. if that was one of the questions. <laughs> that was going to be the next question. <laughs> So, Pastor Man, let me ask you this question then: uh, Do you believe that the meaning of marriage has changed over these over the over the years? Well, biblically it haven't, uh -huh. but sociably it has. Um, I, before uh, society would support people staying together, people working it out, and um, doing everything necessary to keep it together. We now live in a society that help people to. To go to separate or to divorce mm -hmm. or to they give them a way out. The Bible don't the Bible don't give a way out. The, yeah. the, the Bible talks about you do it God's way, then you get God's results. And when you, I don't know if the issue of divorce is coming up in this dialogue, but nevertheless, people don't realize there's only there's only two reasons God gives Christ gives for divorce, and 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 that is one is desertion if one spouse leave the other. And the other one is infidelity if a, if a spouse uh, uh, is with a, with someone else, then mm -hmm. you have the right to divorce. But even in that aspect, uh, Jesus always talks about repentance and forgiveness, mm -hmm. and, and people don't want to hear that. Uh, but and because it's a deeper meaning to marriage than most people think. Yeah, they don't realize the spiritual. Um, uh, the spiritual connotation with marriage represents. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, yes, I think nowadays our parents will hang in there. You yeah. know, they, they're never divorced. They might kill each other, but they, <laughs> 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 but they, they hung in there. They worked it out. And mm -hmm. these are people who never had premarital counseling. These are people who just believe what the Bible say, uh, what God said about marriage. Now we live in a culture, we live in a society, we watch television, we see movies. Uh, everything now is seemed to be anti-marriage. Yeah. Or, or, or marriage, people trying it out like they trial a car. This is mm -hmm. my yeah. first car, my first house. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm just trying to, I, 
learn how to drive or do better, I'll get a better model. Yeah. We're doing marriage the same way. And, and I really think it's, it's, it's a trick of Satan because Satan understands uh, the importance and the purpose of marriage. Mm -hmm. So you actually answered my question about divorce because I was going to ask, is, is divorce ever an option? But as far as like marriage, what do you think about this concept? I was having a conversation with somebody about the meaning of marriage and how it changed. And, you know, um, and they said that they believe if they got married today, that they want to sign paperwork. Just in case if the marriage fails, they won't have to go through all the process of changing the last name and doing all that other stuff. Is that considered marriage? Yeah, that's and that's that was my question. I was like, are you kind of setting yourself up for failure, saying, okay, now if this doesn't work, I don't have to go through all these different all this all this through this process of getting things back to normal or back to. Yeah, they, they already going in, not not trusting each other. They're going in because no two people are perfect. Mm -hmm. There's no perfect marriages. What makes marriages work is not two people, it's three. Mm -hmm. It takes the man, the husband, the woman, the wife, and takes Christ. I always use the triangle <clears throat> scenario. God is always at the top, husband and wife at the bottom, at, at the end. And if they work, watch this, not if they're working on their relationship with each other. But if they're working on their relationship with God, yeah. they yeah. start coming mm -hmm. together. And that's the key. The key is my relationship with him keeps me in good standing with my relationship with her. Mm -hmm. Because my vertical relationship controls all of my horizontal relationships. Mm -hmm. So when a person go in uh, with prenups and saying, I don't trust you, mm -hmm. then to me, that's a flag. Yeah. And in some cases, you'd be going, oh, I know they wish they had it now, but <laughs> you, that's where counseling come in and, and, and talk. You, these two people are becoming one. That's why getting back to the subject of divorce, divorce is a rendering of the flesh. Mm -hmm. It's like taking super glue and putting it in this palm and, and putting it in this palm and do this. Mm -hmm. Now, you know what super glue would do. Yeah. yeah. Or it seals. And if you ever separate these two hands, the flesh is going to tear. It's going you're going to just give up some flesh. Yeah. So that's what the Bible uh, considers divorce it, divorce doing. So when people go in, uh, say they're just a piece of paper, and all, it's amazing to me where we come to marriage is just a piece of paper. But I guarantee you, if they got a house, they got some paper. Yeah. 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 A car, they sign something. They everything else, but you know. Uh, they, but, but there's two marriages. There's a biblical marriage and then there's a civil marriage. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's a marriage that the government approved that anybody can perform, uh, that you're legally married. Yeah. But, but biblically, when you talk about a marriage between Christians, mm -hmm. then it go much deeper than that because of what it represents. So yes, uh, it's, it's, it, and if, if you watch the video, when I deal with the covenant of marriage, I talk about the difference between a contract and a covenant. Mm -hmm. I can get in the contract with a person and not love them. Mm -hmm. It just agree. This is our agreement. If I hire somebody to do some work here at my house, there's a contract. Or when I bought my car, there was a contract with my house. That's a contractual agreement, mm -hmm. meaning I don't have to love that person to be yeah. in contract with them. To be in covenant with them, it have to be I have to love them. Yeah. So it's based on love. All relationships that God establishes is a contract, is a, a covenantal 
relationship, not a contract. It's not a contractual relationship. Even though in marriage, there's contract too, but there's also a covenant. And when you saying your vows, you're not saying your vows to one another. Mm-hmm. You're saying your vows to God mm-hmm. about one another. You already said what you feel about them. That's what brought you to the altar. Yeah. Now yeah. you're going before God, and those witnesses there are witnessing the vows that you're making to God. Hmm. And why make a vow to God when you're going to break them or, or planning to break them with the prenup yeah. or with the, the papers and all that? I can just go my separate way. You're telling God, God, I'm going to break this vow I've made to you about her, about him. Yeah. So that's dangerous. So since um, marriage is a covenant and you know, you're know you going through God, that means it's pretty important to make sure that both couples are evenly yoked. Right. Because if one person has a relationship with God, with Christ and the other person doesn't, um, do you think all those relationships will fail? Not necessarily. I know some unsaved people got good relationships. Uh Uh, I think for a believer, again, it goes back to their relationship with him. And and when the Bible talks about being unequally yoked, that's not just in marriage. That could be yeah. in business. That could there there are some Christians don't need to marry each other. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they could be Christians yeah. and they should not be married <laughs> to each other. And so I, I think you got to look at what you have in common: your commitment to God, your commitment to Christ, your love for Him, and and understand the covenant, understand the roles of marriage understanding what God is trying to gain from this relationship, from this marriage, and, and you work on it. I mean, uh, it's not, it, you're not perfect, perfect, they're not perfect, but we serve a perfect God. And so uh, they complement each other. And people don't want to work at it no more. It's amazing they work harder at, in the dating than they do in the marriage. <laughs> and, and I tell people, don't date to marry, marry to date. Mm-hmm. Oh, snap, wow. Repeat that for the people in the back. <laughs> <laughs> you just... I, was like, I said, don't date to marry, marry to date. Because, um, because it's doing that dating. I always tell people, and I don't know where you, I, I don't know, I'm probably getting ahead of myself. When I get into marriage, I get on a road. Yeah, just go I there, are three, there are three ships to, in marriages. There's friendship, there's courtship, and there's relationship. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I married my best friend. My wife and I uh, knew each other uh, before we started dating. We were friends. Her brother was my best friend. And I, I broke the carnal rule. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I broke the carnal rule. And, and at the time, I wasn't saved, so you know he ain't like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but nevertheless, uh, we were friends. So I dated, I, 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 married, I started dating my friend. Mm-hmm. And then I married my friend. So I, when you're a friend with somebody, you're transparent. Yeah. You, you know them. You, you, you're not trying to put on. Uh, you know each other's strengths, your weaknesses, and et cetera. Now, if you can love me and want to stay with me and date me, while as a friend, as your friend, you know how it was. Hey, this thing could work. So we built on, on, on that. But, uh, but people don't look at it that way. And most believers, and, and let me say this, most Christians, young Christians, older too, get married to have legal sex. 
Mm. <laughs> <laughs> they, they're tired of burning them candles at night. They might, <laughs> you know, convicted. You know, oh Lord, I messed up. <laughs> so, so they get married so they can have legal sex, and then when they get married, they don't have no sex. <laughs> I have those kind of counseling sessions, and uh, but but the thing about it is that uh, when you understand that you married your best friend, your life partner, uh, someone who can compliment you, fulfill you, uh, then then you work on you work on that mm-hmm. because uh, my wife and I are different in, in so many different areas and I thank God for the difference. Yeah. You know, and I can explain to you all the difference, but uh, they they work for us. Because I don't need somebody just like me. We be broke. She's a budgeter. I'm the budget buster. And, uh, and she's a waiter. I'm a I'm a plunger. And, you know, if you understand what I'm saying, I yeah. jump right into something. I mm-hmm. you know, I take the risk. Yeah. She don't. She kept us out of a lot of trouble. Okay. If both of us were risk takers, we'd be in danger. Then, if both of us wasn't was waiters, then we wouldn't have nothing. Yeah. So uh, we we we, we kind of kind of need each other, and uh, and and there's a whole scenario behind that as well. Mm-hmm. Pastor, you kind of touched on it a bit, but I want to kind of reiterate it because I was studying Genesis 18 okay. through um, 24, and God said for man not to it's not good for man to be alone, and He said there was no suitable helper for him. And so God made a woman from Adam's rib. Now, he could have made the woman from the dust of the earth, but he chose to do it from his rib. Is right. that what's making them one flesh? That's what considered one flesh. Exactly. That's what completes him. Because without Eve, you figure if he takes the rib from the man, then he's not half of the man he used to be. And in order to make him fulfill, uh-huh. I say fulfill more than complete. Because we're all complete in Christ, according to Colossians. So, but to make him fulfill God, because it's amazing how God did it, is because of the fact, and going back into Genesis passage, that when Adam, before Eve was created, God told Adam, the first thing God did for a man, give him a job. Mm -hmm. I tell a woman all the time, you don't have a job. Don't marry. <laughs> but uh, the first thing God did gave him a job. So he said, name the animals. Adam began to name all the animals. And he noticed that wherever there was a Mr. Giraffe, there was a Mrs. Giraffe, a mm-hmm. Mr. Elephant, a Mr. and etc. Then Adam realized none of them turned me on. And so therefore, God, he said, he found the Bible says Adam found no one suitable or adaptable for him, didn't mm-hmm. relate to him. And that's when God caused Adam to fall asleep and he took from the man in his side, his rib, sold up the flesh and then fashioned. Watch this. When God made man, he just got some dirt, breathed into his nostrils, the breath of life. He became a living soul. Mm -hmm. But when it came to the woman, the Bible says God fashioned the woman. He meticulously created her. Mm -hmm. He gave her more components than the man did. Mm-hmm. And he brought in to complete Adam. So when he brings her to Adam, Adam looks at Eve and says, wow, this is bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. Uh, she shall be called Isha because I'm Ish. 
In other words, she was a man with a womb. Yeah. Okay? And he brought Eve to Adam, and Adam was complete in that. And so, and then he gets into chapter three or anything else go downhill. But uh, but yes, in Genesis, is is he didn't create Eve from the dust. He created Eve from Adam. Mm-hmm. And uh, in fact, when you get into Genesis 4, I can't remember, he calls both of them Adam. Yeah, that's, uh, I think it's 5, chapter 5, yeah. I think. He called both, both of Adams, them Adam. Yeah. So, so here you got uh, uh, Eve who created from Adam. And uh, and her job was to be a help meet, M-E-E-T, not M-E-A-T. <laughs> and uh, and uh, so, therefore, uh, they were supposed to complement each other. And then, as Malachi talks about, produce godly offsprings. Because the purpose of Adam being created in the image of God and in his likeness was to procreate and, and create miniature images of God. And this is where that unequally yoked thing comes in, too. Mm-hmm. That if a child of God marries a child of the devil, you're going to have an in-law problem. <laughs> and Paul, you know, Paul seems to pick up on that in Ephesians 5, um, mm-hmm. 31 to 33. Um, it says a man would be united to his wife and become one flesh. Now, in doing so, and that's what they considered the nuclear family. Um, yes. <clears throat> why did Paul in 30, verse 32, he called it a mystery? You know, Because Paul wasn't talking about marriage. Uh-huh. Paul was talking about the church. He used marriage as an illustration of the relationship between Christ and the church. So if you if you follow Ephesians format, Paul talking about the church, how we need to submit to one another, yeah. and etc. And then he goes on love uh, husbands, love your wives. How? As Christ loved the church. How did Christ love the church? He gave himself for the church and and, and etc. Wives. Submit to your husbands as unto the Lord. And so he goes on, talks about how Christians and cherishers, everything that Christ is for the church, we ought to be the microcosm on earth of what Christ's relationship to the church is and in heaven, the Trinity in heaven, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Trinity on earth, husband, wife, child. So Mm -hmm. we are the microcosm. of what Christ meant for the church be with him. And so, therefore, when you get into Ephesians, uh-oh. I'm, I'm, you there? Yeah. I'm, I'm here? Yeah. yeah you're there. I, need to, I need to put the power cord on my, my laptop or you be talking to me. <laughs> okay. Well, so in, then, in mentioning that, Pastor, you, so you'll then, get a lot of arguments then, about that. Then he tells you. He said, I'm talking about he said, this is a mystery because I'm talking about Christ. Can you can you hear us? Hello? <laughs> we froze up there a second. Okay. Yeah. I, I have to use my phone because my computer, the internet is not coming up here. Uh-huh. Yeah, we had some technical difficulties, but we're back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> but um, we were talking about, what were we talking about right before we got off? Um, Paul's teachings. So we were talking about 
what he had said in Ephesians. But if we jump over to First uh, Corinthians really quick, and we talk about what he says. Now, this is controversial as well, where he says um, he would like everybody to be like him in his way of being single but that not everybody is and marriage is okay what do you think what do you say to people that may look at that verse and well well well, paul was really talking about because he was so engrossed in ministry when when you're married you're divided you're you got divide is is divided interest even in ministry because uh you got a spouse family you got to take care of but then you got ministry paul said i wish everybody was like me Mm-hmm. In other words, that's why he says better is to marry than to burn. Burn with passion. He's not talking yeah. about burning in hell, as some people think. He's talking about burn with passion that I can totally focus on the my Lord. ministry. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you're not, uh, when you are married, you can't totally focus just on ministry because you have a family, you have mm-hmm. a wife or a husband or whatever. And so you're divided. That's that's it, that's what it really it does. That's why more single people ought to be involved in ministry than married people. Yeah. Because single people ought to have a have an undivided interest because of, of Christ. They're single. So as far as like dating and people in relationships, how do you know that you're ready for marriage? For the people oh. that... <laughs> <laughs> I have no clue. Oh. <laughs> Because after I got married, I didn't think I was ready. Yeah. She probably didn't think I was ready either. Yeah. But, um, but I, I guess, again, once you come to know Christ uh, and you know, at least for me, I can only speak for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, when my wife and I were dating and, and we both were believers, I became a believer first and then she came became a believer and uh, and I knew, and I knew, you know, I, I couldn't, I couldn't be a believer and not marry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't. No, no, no. I could not. So I knew that she would be the one. In fact, my dad told me. He said, "If you miss her, you're going to miss your wife." And it, and it's a whole story behind that. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, because we were, we had broke up. And uh, and she, be honest with you, let me it, it, let me be honest with you. I was hoodwinked, bamboozled. No. <laughs> <laughs> she she threatened. She was moving to Chicago with her family up there because she's going to start over. Since so you know, I I don't want to be with her all all that. And I'm trying to play all tough and hard. And I said, oh no, I can't let her get away. <laughs> and uh, and find out that was a trick. <laughs> so in other words she broke you down <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah she did and and we got married in December 18 1976 I was married I was saved in 75 we got married in 76 uh-huh. and um, but uh, I just knew this was my lifelong partner this mm-hmm. is the woman I, I want to be with <clears throat> the rest of my life and for her to accept me for what I used to be and was and all of that stuff, praise God. Mm-hmm. And um, and and I married my best friend. So I got the sense that I think it might be different for different people. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it's, so it's hard for me to answer that question. How would a person know 
they want to get married. I know a lot of people who wants to get married and never get married. Mm -hmm. I know people who feel that that's not their calling. They, they, they don't have no desire uh, to get married. And, yeah. uh, and, and, you know, that's them. Yeah. But uh, I, I, don't, I really, it's hard for me to answer that question cut and dry. Yeah. What do you guys what do you guys think, Daryl Sr. and Daryl Jr.? Why are you asking me? Because you because, about to marry her. Yeah, you're about to get married. <laughs> <laughs> you know? How do you know you wanted to get married? She's she just trying to get all the good stuff on the mic. That's all. <laughs> but for me, like, um, it was just thinking about the things that I learned growing up. Because, um, you know, we've had conversations about marriage before, mm -hmm. but I never felt ready because I didn't feel like... I was there spiritually spiritually yet to be a godly husband. And I remember listening to like pastor mating talk or listening to like uh, having conversations with my dad and my mom and how important it is, you know, to the uh, their foundation with Christ. And at that at those moments, I didn't feel like I could be a, a husband the way that God wants me to be a husband. And now I feel like I'm better or closer. I don't feel like I don't ever think there's going to be a certain point where I'm like, oh, 100 percent, I'm ready to get married. But I knew at that point I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't close. But now I feel like um, that I am closer to that point. So that's how I kind of figured that um, it might be time. And you and you know what you and I you and I were in good positions because we had godly parents. Mm -hmm. yeah, I, my father was my role model, uh, my example. Uh, he would sit down and literally talk to my brothers and I. And and talk about the responsibility of marriage. If you're gonna, if if you, and then he talked to us. If you ever mess up and have a baby out of wedlock, if you're big enough to make a baby, big enough to take care of one. <laughs> and um, and he and he always say, don't don't lay down with her if you're not planning on living with her. Uh -huh. And and taking care of her. Yeah. And uh, and and I and I watched him how he loved my mom unconditionally. How she loved him unconditionally. How he how he was a good husband, a good father, uh, and a good family man. Mm -hmm. And so I had a role model. You have a role model, mm -hmm. which which gives you the one up on so many guys out there who just winging it. Yeah. And they have no clue. They have no idea. And when, when, I begin, when I get to talk to you guys, I'm going to talk about creating your own world because both of you all probably come from two different worlds. Oh, so you yeah. create your own world and, and how to do that. But um, but you would never get to the point. Oh, I'm ready, and I'll beat them all the men. I think uh, your father and I both probably came in it with apprehensions and wondering uh, if am I'm gonna measure up. Can I really mm -hmm. take care of this woman? Can I be everything that she need? That covering that mm -hmm. that that person that um, I mean, and and I think the, the 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 fear comes from not so much you feel inadequate is it's a fear that you don't want to let her down yeah you don't you don't want her because she's she's taking a big risk she's getting a name change she's coming up under your covering the responsibility falls on you and uh and 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 a whole lot of things is involved in that so um i don't think any man that i know of at on that wedding day oh yeah this this is my day. I was scared to death. I, I really was. Why? I've never been married. Yeah. I was single all the years. I, 
I don't know what marriage are like. And in some things that I saw, I didn't like. I didn't want to be that. Some I think if I did, I did want to be that. But, okay, how can I measure up? You know, how can I measure up to, to doing all that? But, uh, hey, praise God, with God's help, we, we, she's still with me, you know. Yeah. And people always ask, how's your wife? I said, well, she's still with me. But if it takes growing, you learn, you're going to make mistakes. You're not going to be a perfect husband. She's not going to be a perfect wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you serve a perfect Christ that you constantly go to him, both of you all together, and uh, pray about things, talk about things, keep the conversation open. Um, and there's some things I will share with you guys on what to do, what not to do in public mm-hmm. around other couples. And, uh, and and that's, you know, we'll be here more than this 30 minutes we're supposed to be having, I guess. <laughs> I did that. You know, Pastor, I, my situation was different because I didn't grow up seeing a Bible in the house. My mother and father divorced when I was young. Uh, yeah. I wasn't saved when we got married. But, and I often ask myself, why did God choose me for me to have a yeah. passion to study the word, to get married, to grow, and, and to learn that? And, and I think through all that, he led us to, to your church and to get the foundations of the teaching, biblical teaching on marriage and linked me up with some brothers in there that holds me accountable to the word. And I think that made a difference because I didn't know anything about marriage. I remember like, she's the one, but you know, like you said, you grow together and that makes the difference. That's the becoming the one in flesh. Exactly. I think on my end, just as a woman, I feel like stereotypically, this is not every woman, but stereotypically like women get excited about marriage from the time that they're little. Right. So you, you always so you're not think excited? about the day. <laughs> <laughs> I am excited. I am excited. Um, but like, I remember thinking about getting married when I was little. Like, you know, it's like something that you grow up and you like picture and you, you try to plan like early. You don't even have a boyfriend yet, type thing. So there's like there are girls, you know, that do that. And but that's not marriage. That's just the wedding, you know. Right. And so. Right. Uh, when it got to the point where we were together and we were together for four years and I remember thinking really early on that he was the one that I wanted to be with because the person that he was is a person that I wanted. Like yeah. just just what he lived his life off of. I knew where he was going. I could almost see where he was going in his path, especially with Christ and I was attracted to that and I knew that I wanted that at the end of life. So right. I knew that if he was going on that path that I wanted to go with him. That's that's excellent. You you said a whole lot when you said so many times people plan for the wedding and not for the marriage. Mm -hmm. And and, and I talk about that too in the pre-burial counseling that so many times they they waste, they spend a lot of money on the wedding and and have no plans for the marriage, which is over the long haul. The book you got to get little D in your library is called uh, how men understand women. I, I've got some books. Yeah. How men, and every page on here is blank. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, keep it on, I keep it on my desk. <laughs> hey, friends, let me ask you this. It is such That's a... why the Bible, t- the Bible tells you two things to study, your wife and the Bible, because both of them are difficult to interpret. Yeah. <laughs> 
let me let me ask you this because there's such a pull today in society to mar the original design of marriage, the meaning, the function, and, and all that. What do you say to to couples in, in, in counseling that to combat that, to keep them together, uh, to not to accept because you see a lot of people accepting societal definition of marriage. What do you say in in, in your counseling? To, to keep them on the right track. I, I always tell them, I always take them to the scripture. I say, okay, let's, let's marriage is not man's idea. Mm-hmm. Marriage was God's idea. Mm-hmm. So let's, first of all, let's see what God says uh, about marriage. And, um, and again, I'm going back to stuff that people hear me say all the time. So what I tell them, y'all going to have to work with the marriage is work. It's just like taking care of a home, a yard, whatever. It, it, it takes maintenance. If you don't do the maintenance, you're going to have a major repair mm-hmm. because two people are different. Uh, and you got to be willing to accept people, even in their flaws. I mean, mm-hmm. we all have flaws that we're not perfect. So I would tell that couple, I said, listen, society would tell you it's okay to do this is okay to cheat, it's okay to leave them, it's okay. unless it's an abusive relationship. I never tell anybody stay when there's when there's abuse going on. Don't you don't stay there and get keep getting knocked upside the head and and because if he hits you once, he's gonna hit you again. Mm-hmm. And um, but but so that's why you gotta make sure this is the person that you want to spend the rest of your life with. And so there's gonna be a series of, of, of times where we will meet and, and, and give them homework and, and give them uh, a thing that I'm trying to think of his name is, is not coming to me right now. I read a lot of his books on Gary, Jerry Chapman. Mm-hmm. Is it Gary Chapman? Yeah. yeah. On, on, his, on his book on, on marriage and he talks about love mm-hmm. language. And, and I have them read those books. Tony Evans got books on marriage. Gary Chapman has books on marriage. He has a book called Love Language uh, and always ask your spouse, you know, what is your love tank like today from zero to 10? 10 is full, zero is empty. And if she say five or four, say, what can I do to fill it? And and then you do everything you possibly can to fill it and vice versa. Uh, And there's a lot of little things they can do together. And I always tell them, say, listen, your wife, your spouse, your husband is your best friend. That, that's your confidant. That's the person. That's your go-to person. And uh, and and I try to go back to what brought them together in the first place. Mm-hmm. What attracted them to you? And why did you stop? Why did I mean? You know, it's, it's amazing with brothers in particular. We rap. We baby, you know, I love you. I do this for you. <laughs> I'll, I'll cross the ocean for you. And then when they get married, oh, she can go after. What do you mean? <laughs> you can you can swam two oceans together, and now you only want to go across the street to keep her. You know? So, so, uh, and and the grass always looks green on the other side till you get there and find out it's not grass; it's weeds. <laughs> but, uh, and and all, if you want your grass as green on this side as the other side, just water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your grass ain't green because you ain't watered. <laughs> so, um, so I take them through a, a, a lot of things, Daryl, to fact 
to let them really see themselves. Are you being, see, because marriage is not a 50-50 proposition. It's a 100-100. Listen, is is denying yourself. is is, And I think they compare with who doing more, who doing less, mm-hmm. and all of that. No, it's, you're, you're on the same team. You know, if, if, if you play sports, you guys play sports, you know, it takes teamwork yeah. to make a dream work. And, you know, the individuals win trophies, teams win championships. <laughs> and so uh, I try to get them to understand that's not your enemy. That's not your competition. That's your teammate. That's your helper. Forget about what these other people probably say. Um, I don't know if that answered your question or not. Yeah, because I know when... Um when I was dating Karen, I said, hey, you married me, I'll show you the world. <laughs> and then I got cable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Here we go. <laughs> so, so I want to ask both, uh, Dad, I want to ask you this and Pastor Maiden. Um, you guys have been both married for a while. What do you guys do to keep that your marriage healthy, exciting, and all that good stuff? If that's a... Well, one thing that, that your mom and I do is praying together and studying together. Right now, we're studying the book of Psalms together. You know how to read? Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's no pictures. <laughs> and, and, that, and I think that makes the difference because it's not about what I think or what she thinks. It's about what God thinks and what God's plan is. And am I going to be obedient to him? And the verse that really affected me was Galatians 1.10. It said, who are you trying to please, man or God? If mm-hmm. I was still trying to please men, I wouldn't be a servant of Christ. Mm-hmm. So what Christ says about marriage and my wife, that's what I'm being obedient to. That made a difference for me. Mm-hmm. For, for me, uh, along with, with, with your dad, you know, I go out to uh, KNG and dress up in a, in a, in a <laughs> temptation coat. No, I was, my wife and I had Bible study together. My wife and I, before we... Uh, go to sleep at night, we pray together. We, we, we literally pray together for our families, our church, uh, every night. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will pray together. Uh, sometimes we'll turn everything off, the television, whatever, and we'll just talk. We'll go get in the car and, and just ride around and just talk about things. I ask, I give her a date night before this coronavirus in my busy, busy schedule before. Mondays was her night, her day, mm-hmm. and anything she wants, she got my 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 totally me. You wherever she want to go, whatever she want to do. So I have to schedule her, schedule her, her into my my, my plan, and uh, and and I talk to her. I ask her, what's 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 on your heart, what's on your mind. The most devastating thing that happened to us was evidently was her uh, contracting uh, multiple sclerosis, and her health began to fail. And different things and that took us through a whole different whirlwind but let me tell you something it drew us closer together mm-hmm. it drew us I mean because nothing else mattered for me no more I had to do everything possible to make her feel comfortable she should not have to worry about her health and worry about how she's going to be cared for and whether I love her or not or whether I'm gonna stay with her or not and she did a lot of she needed a lot of affirmation, and uh, so we we date. We'll go to the movies. We'll you know now we, we even went to the I've been to a drive-in <laughs> so long. The other night we went out to the drive. We went to a drive-in, and uh, and and 
because the movie theaters are closed. But I would do things just just to talk to her, just to make her feel she's still special. She's still needed and wanted and uh, and then act crazy sometimes, you know, like mm-hmm. the dad did. <laughs> you know, you know, little things like that, just to keep the spice in the marriage, the romance in the marriage. And uh, never a dull day here, you know. Yeah. Everybody know me as Pastor Ming, but here it's a whole, <laughs> it's a whole different story. We, we, have, we have fun together. We, we do a lot of things. And we like to play games as family. Uh, we we do a, we have a lot of fun, and um, and and I have to encourage her constantly to let let her know because she have her moments, mm-hmm. you know, wondering she's hindering me in ministry and holding me back. I said, "You are my first ministry, mm-hmm. you know. If, you know, you, be, I can delegate everything else. I can't delegate husband, yeah. and I'm not, and I won't. <laughs> and uh, but." Uh, but I want her to feel that, hey, baby, we in this, we in this together. And so, um, but but those are some of the things you have to do. You 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 got to come to the grips that this is my best friend, and this is mm-hmm. this is the other half of me. You know, this when God looks at a couple, he don't see one person. He see he see both of y'all. Y'all are one. Mm-hmm. That's why uh, Peter talks about. Ain't it you praying to God if you're not talking to your wife? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I often say that the good times are good, but the bad times really seals your marriage if you stay in there yes, it does. because yes. it brings you together, and that's when you're growing and maturing. That's the fertilizer. And yes. and what I'm seeing today is when there's tough times in the marriage, people are running the opposite way, but that's fertilizing you to bring you closer. Yeah. And there's sometimes fertilizer state. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but it's good, but it's good for the brain. That's right. <laughs> that's good. You already preach on that. <laughs> yeah, because um, right. you know, Ayla and I were getting ready to to take on that take on that new uh, that journey. Yeah, he can't even talk about. It. He's so nervous. <laughs> <Good> nervous. <laughs> No, I'm not. I'm not. No, I'm good. Especially, I, I found my suit, Pastor Maiden. I'm gonna wear it for the wedding day, and it's clean. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but, but, but let me say this, D. Let me say this: is that you got help. See, married couples don't realize you got to have other married couples around you mm-hmm. that are stronger, that has more, are more mature. That you can always go to. You got me. You always go to your dad. Mm-hmm. But men, the men in the church, you pick you some good positive role models. Yeah. Say, guys, I'm dealing with. Some. I'm going, and, and so, and also uh, for her that she needs some positive women in her life, life that she can bounce things off. And that's what the Bible talks about. The older men and the older women should be to the younger women. Mm-hmm. That that you ought to be an example. You ought to be able to share with the younger women mm-hmm. and uh, ladies how how to be a good a good wife and a, you know things of that nature. And and the fathers to their sons or the younger men in the church. You know what are you going through? What are you feeling right now? And uh, you gotta you gotta have that. And I thank God I had my dad, but also have other men mm-hmm. in my life in the early years of our marriage that I can sit down 
and go to man. I'm quit. and they laugh at me like you ain't quit. You ain't going. To <laughs> and I said, I said you. I was like, you know, I'm you right. I'm just telling you that. Yeah. I would never tell her that because she might say go. Yeah. <laughs> I always tell my wife if she ever leave me, I'm going with her. So. <laughs> yeah. So this, I think this was really good, Pastor Maiden. I got a lot of takeaways from it. But the one major takeaway that I received that I believe that people listening should take away is, is that, you know, you're two people working for one goal, that triangle idea. So yeah. if you have your focus on Christ, you guys are always going to finish with Christ and then you grow together. Um, yeah. I think that's the biggest takeaway. But I appreciate you. We appreciate you coming coming out mm-hmm. and uh, doing this with us. Um, you have, you guys have any? Yeah, this is great because this whole month of August is devoted to marriage and relationships. Okay. Next week, it'll be Good. another aspect mm-hmm. to it. We have Elder Crump on next week uh, talking okay. about a different aspect of before I say I do. But yeah, yeah this is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fantastic. So, like I said, Pastor May, we appreciate it. Thank you to everyone that listened, that tuned into this, another episode of No Negations Podcast. Um, we're going to do something different this week. So, I want you guys to go to the website. We just released three new shirts. If you still want to get a shirt, if you use code MARRIAGE20, you get a 10% discount on that shirt. So, go to the website. When you order, put in MARRIAGE20, you get a 10% discount. But like um, like uh, my dad was saying, we're doing a series this month. So, it's all going to be on marriage. Each week is going to be a different topic. But we appreciate you guys tuning into our uh, to the No Negations podcast. I cannot speak today. <laughs> we appreciate you guys tuning into No Negations podcast. Follow us on all our social media platforms: Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all the No Negations. Um, visit us on our website at www.nonegations.com to find out more information on our one-on-one life coaching, on our group keynotes, on our group. Oh my gosh. On, my, on our group uh, meetings and in our keynote speaking, and also check out our apparel. But, ooh, I'm sweating. <laughs> Until next time. Kayla Stewart. DS Ninja. Peace. <laughs>